0: Feeling about this, welcome to episode 52 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Hals Burkhart, and I'm your host, Will Witten, and today is one of those days. Where we introduce someone new to the Blue Harvest Extended family. The favorite of my days. If you've been listening for a little while, you'll be familiar with this uh, new guest. He is an ardent Kia D. Mundi supporter. A Buffy enthusiast. A Buffalo Bills fan. Our man, our good buddy. Writer inner from way back in the day. (laughs) As far as way back in the day can be with us. Joe...
1: Hey, everybody. This is Joe. It's good to talk to you. It's an honor to be on the podcast. I mean, I'm following in the footsteps of everyone from Johnny Grosso to Goose to to Vader Nick to Evan. So it's just I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Well,
2: we're excited to have you on, buddy.
0: Yeah, man. So, Joe, uh, as a listener and now a guest, you know there is a rite of passage your first time on the show. And uh, I think it's time to put you through that. All right. So let's just jump right into it. What are your first memories or experiences with our beloved franchise, Star Wars?
1: I actually, I thought of this a couple days ago. Um, I remember a day in preschool. It was my birthday. My mom baked a chocolate cake in a pan that was in the shape of Darth Vader. Oh wow. And we brought it we brought it to school and everybody took a guess as to who the character was. I knew of course, you know, but um there were a lot of kids guessing ET because this was around, you know, uh, I I don't know, 82, 83, 84. I forget the exact year. Um but that was my that is my very first uh, memory. Now, what stands out the most though is how I got so um you know, I would memorize every line uh, what happened was uh, I had a toy gun, you know, like a laser toy laser gun. Right. And I would sit in front of the TV and watch Star Wars and shoot at all the stormtroopers.
2: That's perfect. I loved
1: I loved the um, the scene in the trench, you know, and and uh, firing it at all the, uh, the the tie fighters. So uh, that's I don't remember the exact first time I saw any of the movies, but that's I remember that's how. I got so enthralled with, with Star Wars. It was just captivating.
0: That's like uh, a way better version of Duck Hunt right there. <laughs> Man, how did that never happen back in the Nintendo days? How did we not get a, a light zapper Star Wars game? I would have played the shit. I guess out nobody
2: of that. just thought about it. Like there were a lot of shoot the duck or the, the deer, but and there was a lot of like old West Yeah quick draw shoot the bad guy, but there was no
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. All right, buddy. So you uh, Star Wars for you has been one of those things that's just sort of always been there in your in your memory. You got it. You can't yep. exactly place the first time you saw it, but it's just sort of always been there. You know, it's I find always, that with yep. um, a lot of people is that, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that's always sort of been around for them. And to me, that's that's sort of the same thing for me, but I can also remember... The exact first time I saw Star Wars, but you know that's just because of it. It's the it's circumstance and stuff. Um, all right, what's the next question we normally do? Um, what like what are your favorite movies or what do you want to see? And what oh, did you okay. think was, about Force Awakens? And- <laughs> so we know you're a big Kia D Monday guy, right? <sighs> do you have any <laughs> other uh, characters that you really dig? Like who's your favorite character? it main character or side character, you know?
1: Yeah. um, From an early age, I always liked Luke Skywalker. He, um, I I don't know why, but I just picked up on, there was a, a, um, you know, in the first couple movies, he was uh, whiny at times, but in Return of the Jedi, there had grown such a sense of compassion with him. And and, uh, whatever it is, I always related to that. And, um, you know, he he helped. um, Now as an adult, I can go back and see. And we have all uh, six movies we can see better. But uh, Luke helped Vader, you know, destroy the Emperor. So um, that would be – Luke is is probably my favorite. As far as side characters, I do want to go back and address Kia Monday. I (laughs) – the reason I picked him as uh, one of my emails about going back and getting new uh, material was just because you talked you've talked about it before, but that uh, the, the series of Clone War cartoons that is no longer Canon that ran on Cartoon Network. Just there was just something about the way he held off um, Grievous. And I that all that just always stuck out in my mind. And then uh, I believe it was King Tom wrote back and said he was the most worthless Jedi or something. <laughs> well, I just du- I just dug in my heels. I'm not really that big <laughs> of a of a Kia D. fan. I just appreciated the banter back and forth. I gotcha. And, uh, as far as a side character, I mean, um, r- really, there are too many to list. Um, definitely not C3PO. Mm-hmm, <laughs>
0: I got gotcha. you. So you're not a big C-3PO fan. I am not. All right. That's fair enough. Um, so what did you think about the prequels back in the day versus now? Did you like them when they came out? Do Did you not like them, but now you appreciate them more? You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. No, I always liked them. Um, I saw all three of them at least five times because it was the first uh, new Star Wars movie I saw, I, I know I went back to see Episode One at least ten times. I mean, it was just it was Star Wars again. It was captivating. In in general, I liked it. There was I was thinking about a few things that um, that are, are stood out to me in not a positive way, and a lot of it I believe has to do with directing. Because there's one line in uh, Episode One. Um, it's early on the escape uh, Naboo and the uh, the Trade Federation's uh, blockade and uh, they look they, they realize that they have to stop and get uh, power sources or whatever for the hyperdrive and Obi-Wan Kenobi he, he's looking at um, a map and he says here ta- here master tattooing it's slow out of the way poor like he turns slow, out of the way, poor into one word. Right, and it, it feels—that's one example of how at times I feel the movies, the, the prequels were just rushed. And and there's a sense of of not taking a time to develop certain things. Right. Um. So that's that's my biggest gripe about the prequels. But no, I love them when they came out, and I still do.
0: I I can actually relate to that. You know. Every now and then I watch these movies too much. You know what i 'm saying? I will watch the seven Star Wars movies we have now all the time, really. if i 'm here by myself and, and you know i don 't have to suggest or su- subject Jesse to another Star wars viewing i 'll crank out a couple while she 's not here, and then i 'll watch Star Wars. but um get it crank up man nah. it's poorly timed masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, I was late on the drums. (laughs) But something, how you said some of the prequels are rushed, something I've sort of noticed in recent viewings of Revenge of the Sith is the ending of Revenge of the Sith does feel kind of rushed. It feels like sometimes, and I, I use this, when I say poorly managed, I don't mean it is a, you know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but time management in those three movies is a little poorly managed. Where, like... You focus on some things too long when you could have spent more time focusing more heavily on, say, Anakin's downfall. You know? Like, I think Anakin's fall to the dark side could have been stretched out and made more of a thing. and A little
2: more torturous.
0: A little more torturous instead of, you know, all of a sudden he turns, he becomes Darth Vader. And kills a
2: temple (laughs) full of younglings.
0: Goes and kills all the younglings. He's immediately just pure evil. You know what I'm saying? I could I think it could have benefited by a little more subtlety and a little bit more of a, a long drawn out pro- process of him falling to the dark side. Right. So I definitely see what you mean there, Joe. Um okay. So what did you think about The Force Awakens now that oh. it finally came out?
1: I <clears throat> I'm not afraid to admit I cried. Mm-hmm. There were I mean not openly weeping, but there were definitely tears coming down my eyes. Uh right as um you know, the, the opening crawl came out, uh, I cried, uh, when the, uh, uh, I, a split second before the reveal of the millennium Falcon, I kind of guessed that it was going to be there, Right. but just, just seeing that, I mean, again, just tears coming down my eyes. I loved it. Um, I I w I can't really think of too many criticisms. I don't want to focus on the negatives, but just the way they blended in, um, the old characters, especially Han and Chewbacca, with Rey and Poe and Finn. And I mean, I would go back. I I watched it at least a dozen times in the theater. And uh, every every viewing, it was like, at first, I loved Rey. I thought she was the best part. And then I remember specifically the second time, I thought Finn was the best part. And then I went back a third time, and again, it was back to Rey. Um, But I just, I loved everything about the movie. I don't care that it followed um, the, the same storyline of A New Hope. It was just fun, and that's, that's what I needed to see.
0: You know, I think that's a good point is that, you know, um, there's, there's fun and excitement in that movie that was really refreshing, and it's, it's so fastly paced and edited so quickly that you don't really have time to be like, huh, that's weird. Until, you know, you have time to sit and think about the movie a little bit. right? You know, like, to me, the whole R2 awakening at the end thing is still a little weird. A little, a little weird. It's pulled off in a weird way, I think. Yeah. Without really much explanation. He just wakes up right at the right time. You know right. what I'm saying? But it doesn't bother me.
2: Yeah, my only explanation for that comes from the novel, which comes from you. Like, and if I hadn't known someone like you who would give me that information,
0: it just seems like... Right. Um... I um I I think you know a lot of a lot of people want to talk this reboot rehash stuff, but I don't feel like it's a reboot or a rehash. I think it was a necessary step they had to take to because look, we as Star Wars fans, the kind kind of guys that are going to do a Star Wars podcast, who are going to tweet about Star Wars, who are going to listen to Star Wars podcasts. Of course, we're going to love Star Wars and Star Wars movies, prequels, Clone Wars, anything Star Wars, you give it to us.
2: And I hate, I think the fans did this to themselves. There's a little bit of eating your own shit here. Like, you know what your biggest complaint about the prequels was? Is that it didn't feel like old school Star Wars. You know what they gave you? They old gave school-ster. you old school Star Wars. You know what you're complaining about? It's too much old school Star Wars. Right. So go like, fuck yourself.
0: Did, like, it, it, Are Star Wars fans as a whole ever going to be happy? You know what I mean? Probably not. Unfortunately, it's sort of, you know, the culture of today. There's a bit of a complaininess, and like everybody seems to have feel the need to get on their personal soapbox and scream at the top of their lungs about what they think is stupid instead of just letting the people that it, if you enjoyed it, fucking enjoy it. Yeah. If you didn't enjoy it, hopefully then you'll
2: enjoy the next
0: one. Talk about something you do enjoy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Try to keep it positive every now and then. And I'm, I'm the guy that yes. I agree.
2: Like, maybe the prequel's not everyone's cup of tea, but it doesn't have to be. There's no. so much more than the universe now, potentially, and going from here forward. Like, right. Come back to the fold. Like, there's no reason for you to be a
0: hater. Like, let's enjoy Star Wars together. But you got to also think about it from the public perception standpoint, where from the average Star Wars viewer, not us, not the three of us, not right. anybody that's ever been on this podcast, Star Wars was sort of a joke, unfortunately, because yeah. of the prequels right. Now, do I agree that the prequels are bad? Do I hate them? No, but public perception of those movies was not high. They were a joke and to and to some extent to this day, they still are a joke. that nobody talks about them yeah, or, or if they but if they do in I mean, in like a mainstream public forum type way, it's hardly ever positive, right. you know. So you need a movie that's going to excite people, that's going to remind people of the Star Wars movies that were more well-beloved in a larger sense, you know? Get back to why they were that way. And that's exactly what The Force Awakens was. It set the stage for you to carry the
2: story any way you want. I didn't mean to interrupt, Joe. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. uh, I just want to conclude by saying if The Force Awakens didn't give you that feeling of nostalgia and fun, then just – I don't know that the Star Wars – Uh, galaxy is for you really right which is not a which is not a bad thing
0: no there's plenty of other things that you can be into but don't just be a dick and try to ruin people's good times that are enjoying the movie just because you
2: don't understand you have
0: some nitpicky bullshit to bring up
2: i grew up in a time where like that's it like i we happen to get one two and three and then uh, we had four, five, and six, and that was it. There wasn't going to be any more Star Wars. I was convinced that I would not see another Star Wars movie in my lifetime. Oh yeah. And that's just how I carried on, and it was sad, but you know I accepted it. But then all of a sudden, here comes Disney, Disney, and this new wave of Star Wars. And it was like, just be grateful. Be grateful exactly. that you got Star Wars again, because this could not have happened.
0: Like, oh yeah. I would rather have, and I'm so excited for where the story's about to go. You know, I would rather not, have an episode seven that draws on elements of episode four, and when you think about it, it's not just episode four it draws on. No, it kind of draws because on because episode
2: four is like the the episode four follows the classic theory of like the hero mythology, story, the hero journey, the hero's journey. Like, and that's exactly what we got again. Like, it's yeah. I mean, that's what this is tried and true. Like, it works because it works. Like, right.
0: Right. I'm it getting, went back I'm getting to the basics up and I basically. Apologize. You know? Yeah. And now that we've gotten that movie and, you know, it's reintroduced Star Wars in a positive light to the to the public at large, now's where we can start going off the beaten path a little bit. Right. And I think that's what we'll get in these movies going forward, whether it be eight and nine or the spin off movies. So speaking of episode eight, Joe, what are you hoping to see? What are your thoughts, feelings? About
1: episode eight, well, I hope we get to see more Poe. Um, he in, in a recent email I sent to you guys, he just there's there's just something about him, uh, um, Oscar Isaac, that just it, it draws it, he's got such charisma, and uh, you know, we we didn't get much of him, we got a lot more Han, and obviously, um, for for a good reason, but uh, just m- more in general, more Poe. Uh, and for, for some reason, the, the whole concept of the Knights of Ren uh, is is interesting, and I, I think it adds a different level of, um, it, well, it could add a different level of mysticism and mythology uh, than we've had introduced in the prior uh, six movies. Right. So those are the two things I'm looking forward uh, You know, of course, if we want to know more about Snoke, and we want to know, We want to see Luke in action and him training Ray and whatnot. But but specifically for me, Poe and the Knights of Ren.
0: Nice. Um, So what I would say is if I had one thing that – and this is only in retrospect after I saw The Force Awakens. And and really it's only recently that have sort of come to think this. There's nothing really in The Force Awakens that expands on or – contributes more knowledge to our understanding of the force or moves the mythology of the force and the Jedi along. Now there's a really easy explanation of that. The, the only Jedi left that we know of that would have that information is only in the movie at the very end. Right. So I think episode eight and nine is where we get that. Now also understand their hesitance to expand on it too much. And, because if you if you give us too much information about the Force, it becomes. To me, though, there are rules. I guarantee
2: within the storyboard laid down by George Lucas, what you can and can't do with the Force,
0: how far the oh, Force I'm is. Oh, I'm sure
2: out, there are rules. So just follow within those rules, right? And
0: you'll be good. Like, but like, I think we get hints at stuff that's going to further the mythology, like the fact that Kylo is not a Sith.
2: The fact that he's reading her mind, mo- like, well, I mean, Darth
0: Vader read Luke Skywalker's mind. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, you know, we see some different things, like him freezing the the laser bolt in yeah, midair. that's really cool. Something we've not seen before. Right. So, you know, we do get things that add to sort of the power base of the Force. But what I mean is, like, like what what is Kylo if he's not a Sith? He's a dark side user, but, like, how do we... He's gonna have some sort of title. I, maybe it's just gonna be Knight of Ren. Maybe that Knight of Ren is the new quote unquote Sith. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, maybe they're a cadre of Dark Jedi. Yeah, I, it makes me wonder. I don't know. Maybe this is shitty of me, but you, in that flashback, you don't see any of them using sabers. So, like to me, if you got a saber, like you're not using a saber, I don't think I'm gonna use the term dark Jedi or Jedi for you, force. you yeah. know what I mean
2: like they may be evil and force sensitive I guess is the most that I was going for
0: um what do you what do you think about Rogue One Joe how are you feeling about that leading up to it
1: so uh, super excited man just um I thought the the uh the, the line I rebel I don't know that 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 just seemed a little goofy to me um yeah, I know it was I... more popular uh than not but um, no, I'm looking forward to it. You know, when we see the, uh, um, the adats towards the end, when we see what I guess is a back to tank with the, the Royal Imperial guards guarding right. someone, uh, Mads, uh, Mickelson, is that his last name? Yeah, I believe Middles- that's how Mickelson.
0: you prom- uh, pronounce it.
1: Yeah. Him in the white cape, man. He just looks, he, that's, I, I don't know that that's just so many elements of that. Um, are are pretty exciting and we've got alan tudyk uh, apparently playing uh you know a robot uh you know with wearing um i guess he was wearing like a green suit yeah the motion uh, they,
0: capture business
1: yeah and they're gonna turn him into a, a a robot and anytime you've got alan tudyk in anything man it's it it, it, it it it's going to rock so i'm excited
0: i uh i think it's really cool that we're we're seeing a firefly alum show up in star wars and he's also yes. got experience in being a robot by the way he's also uh, yeah that's you remind me of that every time we talk about this and it goes in one ear and wh- right out the other he fucking was ear. he was the robot in irobot yeah with Will i keep Smith. forgetting that um yeah i'm excited about isn't he is his name pirate steve in dodgeball Dodge it is. is pirate steve yeah Dar. Yar. <laughs> <laughs> i love that fucking movie like that's I love some dumb fucking movies, but and that's one like. But it's usually I usually dumb movies with a heart of gold, you like know, that like Anchorman, Dumb and Dumber. Like I'll watch those. It's not on the level I watch fucking Star Wars, but man, I, I'll tell you what, I could put on Anchorman, Dumb and Dumber, Dodgeball, fucking. That'd make a great Twitch channel. What What else could I put on there? And I'll I'll laugh at something even though I've seen those movies a ton of times.
2: What's the What's the um, What's the one with Ben
0: Stiller as the evil guy? Ben Stiller as the evil guy.
2: And that's like Fat Camp or some shit like that. Oh, I,
0: heavyweights. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh my god, it was great. Um, I've never seen that. You know why I've never seen uh, heavyweights? Did I have I ever brought this up on the podcast that I really wanted to go to Fat Camp as a no. kid? No. Yeah, I wanted to go to Fat Camp why? as because I was a fat kid. I was. Like, I mean, I was too, but I was never like, let me go to Fat Camp. I was like, fucking. Go I'll to camp. Movie about it. That's about <laughs> the far as i go. I was like, go to a fucking camp, lose some weight, come back the next year at school all fucking skinny, and I get to go to camp? Sounds like a win win situation. I never went to fat camp. Yeah. I went to Boy Scout camp one time. That ain't no fat camp. No. <clears throat> all right. Well, I think that does it for your introductory questions, Joe. I think we got you nice and broken in. So uh, do you want to help us cover some emails?
1: Sure do, man. I didn't write in specifically because I knew I'd be on the show. So it would be a little weird answering my own email. But,
0: uh. <laughs> you know what? Next time you come on, maybe you should write in an email <laughs> have you answer your own email. And read Talk it. Talk
1: about how I'm the best guest you've ever had. <laughs> well, thanks, Joe. Well, thanks, me. <laughs> All
0: right. So first up, we've got an email from our new buddy. First time writer, Aaron from OKC. Halls and Will, howdy to you both. You guys are doing a great job, and I appreciate you putting this on for all of us out there. So thank you. I have a lot of Star Wars love pouring out of me right now, but I'll try and keep this short. I've been a Star Wars super fan for almost as long as I've been alive. My dad was and still is a very big fan. I grew up sharing it with my dad, and I've recently discovered the greatest thing in the world. Sharing Star Wars with my son. He is almost four now, and he is nuts for the movies. We saw The Force Awakens in 3D, and he hasn't looked back since. Batman, minions, everything took a backseat. I couldn't be prouder. My son loves Ray. Half the time he refers to to Finn as Rey's friend. My son also (laughs) loves the theme song by Stone Cobra. He asks for the (laughs) loud song and to listen to the people talk about Star Wars. Possible contender for youngest fan? I can't recall the age of Vader Nick's boy. During the summer of 99, I was pumped for episode one, and when I left the theater, it was my favorite Star Wars film. I would have been about 12 at the time. I saw Phantom Menace seven times in the theater. I remember starting middle school and having all the Star Wars wind knocked out of me. I remember specific occasions of being picked on for Star Wars shirts, blah, blah, blah. I still love Star Wars and saw the rest of the prequels and bought the DVDs and all, but I kind of felt like Star Wars had been taken away from me. I was incredibly excited about The Force Awakens, and I was extremely happy with the final movie. My complaints with the movie are minor. I've seen it five times now, and I've yet to make it through a screening without bawling. I know what the title of Episode 7 means to me. I've always had The Force, and for so long it lay dormant within me, and now with this latest installment, The Force has been awakened. You guys are an important part of that awaken, awakening. Thank you, gentlemen. Please keep up the fantastic work. Oh, dude. Well, thanks for writing. Aaron in. from OKC. Glad we could be a part of your force awakening. Yeah, man.
1: That, that, that was beautiful.
0: It's beautiful, man. I'm going to print that shit out and frame, <laughs> frame it in my podcast studio, man. Yeah, man. It makes me feel nice. Yeah. I had a little bit of a... I don't know if you noticed, saw this, Joe, but I had a little bit of a Twitter beef this past weekend. I saw that. With a fucking piece of stunted slime. Who shall go? I'm not going to give them the fucking gratitude or, or attention to actually give out their handle, but they're fucking, they're a piece of shit, is what they are. You know what's unfortunate uh, is I bring this up after he tells us his four year old son is listening and yeah. I'm sitting here saying fucking and shit and stuff. Yeah. Listen, uh, I believe Aaron told us his son's name was Lyle. Lyle, don't listen to these two guys talking about <laughs> Star Wars, buddy. You listen to your dad. And your mom, and let them set an example for you. They're mm-hmm. they're much better people than we are. We right? are not lifestyle <laughs> examples. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah.
1: Well, going forward, just say earmuffs, and that'll let all the parents oh, know. When, there we uh, go. their kids' ears. Okay, so Little Aaron earmuffs. Old school reference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it tastes so good once it hits your lips.
0: <laughs> Aaron, buddy, earmuffs. This fucking piece of shit got my my uh, my hair. Got me all. See now, I can't even make a cohesive taking sentence. the wind out of yourself you see the thing is as you know i uh, i sort of adopt some a uh, uh, a rule of thumb on twitter which i think is a great rule of thumb for people to have if somebody says something you don't like then you just don't acknowledge it right you know what i acknowledge things i agree with things i like the people i like i let other people with
2: their torrid opinions have them and i don't have to comment on them I don't have to tell you how stupid
0: your opinion is, even if I feel like it is. And this person is one of those people that likes to try to force their opinion on everybody else. Right? If you're listening to this show and you're active on Star Wars Twitter, this person has probably tried to jump in on one of your conversations to offer some kind of shitty opinion. So, no more earmuffs. Uh, (coughs) So, yeah, I think his son would qualify for our youngest listener. That's possible. I think Nick Nick's son is quite a bit older than that. I think he's thirteen. Or yeah, is he, he hitting is. fourteen now. He's thirteen, I think. What's up, Jordan, buddy? Jordan.
2: He's gonna be mad if I just if he said he was thirteen and he's fourteen.
0: Right. Sorry, Jordan. Don't listen to us, Jordan. We're dummies. For all I know, you could be fifteen. You're grown. <laughs> You're grown sounding young man. Jordan's a grown ass man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, let's see. What else did he say? Um, you know. I kind of get what he's saying about feeling like the Star Wars win got knocked out of him. I went to such a small school that me and my two or three friends that went to see The Phantom Menace when it came out, I think we're the only people I knew that saw that movie over the summer. It came out the last day of class um, my sophomore year, I believe, Hmm. in high school. Um, So, you know, uh, but the next fall, nobody was talking about it, and then i didn 't realize that it was getting backlash until reading about it online and that 's where I first started seeing it because if i hadn 't read things online, I would have just thought of it as being an awesome movie that everybody liked right you know but uh
2: me and my dad and my family watched them all so much it didn 't we thought they were good you know
0: um it was just um that's that 's been sort of the nice thing about getting a little deeper into the Star Wars fandom is just having people to talk about it with and like there's uh, there's bad eggs like this unnamed Twitter person but there's also so many other people that offset that that are just cool and just like who can, like for instance Vader Nick who he brings up we don't see eye to eye with everything Vader Nick thinks about Star Wars he doesn't see eye to eye with us but you know what we don't do we don't go you know what Vader Nick You're fucking stupid for thinking that. Yeah, we don't do that. Because I would never do that.
2: Well, that's just not who we are. Because I respect people. Yeah.
0: And that's what you should do. Respect people. (laughs) R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Even if you're an asshole, you be a respectful asshole, and you'll get a lot further in life. See? Look at that, Joe. Will dropping some fucking science for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again, Aaron, really, buddy. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for writing in, and thanks for listening. Yeah, that was great. All right, we got another new writer inner and this is from elaine elaine and she says hey halls and will Hello. New, new fan to the show working with my way through the back episodes and i'm having a blast okay so snoke i'm wandering down the, the star wars rabbit hole so bear with me if this ends up sounding silly out loud no it's all right If we go by the timeline established in Bloodline and say Snoke didn't get to Ben until six years prior to TFA and that up until this point there isn't a huge hatred for Han as a father on Ben's end yet, can we assume Snoke feeds Ben some BS story about past events to turn Ben so strongly against Han? He almost seems to speak like he knows him personally when he is telling Kylo that the droid is in the hands of his father. And if that's the... if that's the case, is it safe to say perhaps just maybe Snoke is someone from Han and or Leia's past, or connected to the story from that angle? Like we are all concerned with the Skywalker clan and ray but maybe this whole time Snoke is working from a different angle to destroy the Republic, gain power, turns turn Han's own son against him, is always going after Leia and the resistor and her brothers and her brother Luke using Kylo as a weapon. Maybe there's a galactic grudge against our beloved Han that we didn't know about. After all, do we know Snoke is using Kylo? For, we do know Snoke is using Kylo for something, right? What do you guys think? Back to the drawing board? Keep up the great work, even if it means giving Will the business every now and then, and may the Force be with you both. Elaine. Oh, don't worry. He won't go without giving me the business. Oh, man, I am still like I still wake up and since last week. I've been waking up and every now and then I'll just be like, oh, man, I got Will good last week. <laughs> I got him so good. Like I sh- if they, if that was if we were playing Xbox, you got me
2: so good. I don't know that you'll ever get me that good again because I'll probably never <laughs> trust you that much again. That was probably the best you'll ever get me.
0: I think you're probably right. I, I mean, if I'm going to get you with a good crippled ghost, <laughs> it may have to be like a year down the line. Yeah. Like I'm I might have to put you're that on the back it. burner and <laughs> let it build up some steam. Cuz I'll be like, "Oh yeah,
2: is this a crippled joke, ghost joke? Is that where we're going with this?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so her snoke theory. What do you think, Joe? What do you think old Snoky Snoky Smoky is up to?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I was going to ask to speak up first with this because I think it's absolutely um, very possible, if not probable, that he's using Kylo Ren and is um, uh, feeding him false information uh, throughout however long he's known Ben slash Kylo. And the one thing in the book uh, that makes me think that for sure is um, after Ray uh, they're still on uh, Star Star Killer space. After Ray, uh, you know, slashes his face and uh, destroys his lightsaber. At that part of the book, the, the, you know, the novelization, Ray hears what we turn, what turns out to be Snoke uh, saying, "Kill him." So I think that really Kylo Ren is, is just a means to an end. I, I don't I'm I'm I'd almost bet money on that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's almost like. Snoke has a very similar setup going on to what they had going on in the prequels where Kylo is his apprentice, but if someone can take Kylo out, they should be 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 his apprentice, apprentice. you know? So I've been thinking about this, this whole bloodline thing and and the timeline, and it almost makes me wonder if Snoke was part of Luke's academy or something. Um, Because... I don't know. We get some vague Or sort of... Snoke was like a fellow Force-sensitive
2: person that he trusted as to train a Jedi.
0: Right. Like, so, from the movie... The we, first apprentice. From the movie, we get... Um, we definitely get a feeling that Han and Leia know Snoke. You know? And, and know enough about him to mention that, like, you know, Leia's like, no, it was Snoke. He turned uh, Ben to the dark side. Um, in the book, we find out that Ben still doesn't know that Darth Vader is Han's, or is Leia's father. That, you know, Ben doesn't know that Darth Vader is his grandfather. He does now. Right. What if when that goes galaxy-wide, when that news breaks...
2: That's what makes him hate his dad?
0: Right, because there's a a line where... um, you know, Han's off doing his racing thing and apparently they ask, he gets asked about it once the news breaks and he says, yeah, I knew and I don't think it's a big deal. Like, look at all the good things Leia has done for us since the time of the rebellion. Like, I think she's proven herself. Um, so that makes me wonder if that's why Kylo has a resentment against Han because Han knew and never told him. But you'd think he'd also have that same resentment against Luke and Leia. That probably has a lot to do with uh, Kylo's anger of the whole subject. Maybe that announcement, that going public is what is is the is what Snoke what Snoke uses to start seducing Kylo. And to start seducing him, you think he'd have to be pretty close to him, you know? Pre and now is he communicating him across the vastness of space? Could be. Well, Snoke can do it with Rey. <clears throat> that is true. That but see this is the thing that's in the book and I always wonder how accurate the stuff that's in the book but isn't in the movie. I'm pretty sure they're always going to take the the stance of the movie comes first. What happens in the movie is is more important than what happens in the book, but that seems awfully specific, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe it's a case by case basis with that sort of thing right on whether it's considered canon or accurate or not. Um so yeah, maybe Snoke was communicating again, you know, across from wherever he is. I mean, for that matter, we know Luke and Leia can do it, right? We do, we do know Luke and Leia can do it. Granted, they're all they're both on Bespin. You know, when yeah. that happens, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. But whatever, regardless. Um, to me, it's almost more interesting if Snoke is part of Luke's. Academy or Jedi enclave or whatever the hell it is. If he was
2: Luke's first attempt at an apprentice. Right.
0: And, and maybe he's so, you know, maybe he's more powerful than Luke thinks and is able to hide his, you know, dark side connection or something until the time is right. Maybe he knows that Ben is, you know, Vader's grandson and he's just waiting until he can swoop in and try to seduce him. That'll be interesting to find out. Um, that's one thing I'm sort of worried about is that we're not going to get enough information about Snoke for my liking you know we didn't get
2: much information about Palpatine back in the day
0: that is true if you think about it think about it real hard if you when we were kids Joe what did you know about Palpatine from those three movies not shit you know go go for it Joe
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, all, all that we knew about Palpatine was that he was the Emperor who arrived on the second Death Star. That, right. That's pretty, that's pretty much all we knew.
0: We get one line in A New Hope where they say that the Emperor has abolished the Senate, you know, gotten rid of the Senate. We get uh, that one um, hologram scene in Empire, and then, you know, he's, he's, he finally shows up in Jedi. Um, so, you know, it's not like we got a ton of backstory or anything, really. We just knew he was like the big bad. That's also, you know, something that doesn't really fly in today's filmmaking. So I think we will get a little more explanation than that. <clears throat> but I, I would like to see m- more of it in a movie than, say, in ancillary books and comics and, and right. stuff like that. I, I, you know, but that's just me. Um, But, yeah, there's that's going to be a wide, widely discussed and... and uh, talked about topic until we do find out more um so next up new emailer another new emailer this is our buddy tomas he says hey guys i'm a relatively new listener i found your show through rogue one and i really really enjoy it anyway i was doing some of my youtube watching the other day and i stumbled upon a really cool theory that gives boba fett even more badassery This is what I like to hear, Tomas. Mm. You want to get on my good side? You write us a Boba Fett email. Mm, He's ready. The theory is that Boba Fett is the one that kills Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Episode 4. Basically, this theory states that because the stormtroopers were ordered to go to whatever lengths to find R2 and C-3PO, it makes sense that the home of the Lars would be trashed. But when we see it, it isn't just trashed. It is burnt to a crisp and with the house so are Unc Owen and Beru. Then, later, in A New Hope, when Vader is giving... Uh, well, sorry, Tom, Tomas, I'm going to correct you here. Then, later, in The Empire Strikes Back, when Vader is giving orders to the bounty hunters to capture the targets alive, he then turns to Boba and specifically states to him that no disintegrations are acceptable, meaning that Bo- Boba is known for disintegrating someone, something important, maybe like Owen and Beru Lars. Oh, yeah, and it is known that Boba was on Tatooine at the time of the murders. I really like this theory because it shows how much of a freaking badass Boba was. If you want the whole theory, here's the link to the video, and he provides the video. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy this theory and keep up the amazing work with the podcast. I'm looking forward to an even better year of Blue Harvest podcasting. Well, thanks, Tomas. Thomas. Yeah, thanks.
1: I'm loving the fact that you guys, in, in one podcast, have three new emailers. This is awesome. Right? I'm happy to hear that.
0: Picking up a little steam. Um, so, I've heard this Boba Fett theory before, and I like it. There's and, and there's something to be said for that, because some of these, I don't want to say off the wall, because that kind of sounds like a dickish thing to say, but some of these um, you know theories can get a little crazy for me. You know, that try to connect things from the prequels to the original trilogy and and stuff. Um, But there is a little bit of evidence that kind of backs up this theory, in my opinion. Um, And I'm not saying this is definitely what happened. I I see what he means. Like, we've seen a lot of people fucking killed in Star Wars. Nobody is just reduced to smoking skeletons, you know? So maybe that is what, quote unquote, disintegration looks like in star wars you know yeah there's also the fact that in the darth vader comics darth vader hires boba fett um to help him track down the kid that blew up the death star aka luke skywalker you know um so that sort of signifies to me sort of a a working relationship with boba fett pre empire strikes back now does it go back as far as a new hope i don't really know
2: The thing I'm going to say is that it seems pretty obvious to me that Boba Fett is currently under Jabba the Hutt's employ, and I don't see Jabba the Hutt loaning him out
0: to the Empire. Uh, Can I, and I'm not trying to be a dick, I kind of disagree there. Okay. Like, I think, if so, this is the thing, while he is in the special edition working with Jabba, and he's part of, like, Jabba's bodyguard or whatever it is in that one scene that we see in the special edition... I don't think Boba Fett works 100% for anybody anytime. Okay. That's just the job he had at that point. Secondly, I think if if the the fucking right hand of the emperor shows up and says if it is your employee, it says, "Hey, Jabba, I want that kid. Like I want to use this Boba Fett guy. I think you let him because you're trying to stay under the radar of the empire. Like Jabba's whole crime empire Sort of is teetering on the edge of like if the empire wanted to take down java's empire uh, java 's criminal empire like that 's it for java he 's done, so he doesn 't want to piss off the empire too much and you know refusing to let them use some bounty hunter, I think that would piss him off um, I just don 't know you know for sure that 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 would be the explanation. I would be interested to see if they ever end up uh, adopting that into Canon at some point we've seen this sort of not fan theory, but fan th- things. A good example of this, once again, comes with from, from Bloodline. Um, do either of you guys remember when the whole, sort of recently, the whole Slave Leia controversy was going on? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. People suggested that they change it from um, Slave Leia to Leia Hut Slayer, because that's the <laughs> outfit she's wearing when she kills Jabba the Hut. Well, in Bloodline, they refer to her as Hut Slayer. They adopted that. Yeah. So that's nice. A light, nice little nod, you know, to that sort of fan movement. So, you know, it, maybe they will take a page and, and, and adopt that as part of canon. I don't know. We'll see. I, it's a theory I like because, like I said, sometimes, uh, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, these Star Wars theories can get kind of fucking nutty. <laughs> <clears throat> what do you think about that theory, Joe?
1: Um... Honestly, I'm not sure that it's of any, I don't, (laughs) wow, I sound dismissive, but I don't, I don't know that it's of any consequence really. Yeah. Um, At some point, you know, uh, his his aunt and uncle got incinerated and it, it, whether it was by Boba or the empire, I just don't know that it has any, um, any meeting or any um, uh, uh, push on the story itself.
0: So this is something I've always wondered about now that we've seen the prequels and gotten the backstory. In Attack of the Clones, Anakin goes to that homestead. He meets Beru. He meets Owen. He meets Cleeg, my future cosplaying opportunity. Don't shake your head. (laughs) Don't shake your head at me, Will. Cleeg Lars is a badass. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, by the time of A A New Hope, he's a crippled ghost. (laughs) Okay, that's it for a little while. That's it for a little while. You're so funny. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. You're I mean, just funny. I'm getting all kinds of compliments today. It makes <laughs> me feel so nice. Funny. Um. so Um. you would think that... So, Vader didn't go down to Tatooine when they were searching for the droids, as far as we know, right? But you would think he would get, like, situation reports. Do you not think Vader would think, man, that's fucked up. That's like... My stepbrother. Like, you don't think that ever came to his attention that his stormtroopers went to that homestead where, you know, he found C-3PO again, by the way. And now, supposedly, that's where C-3PO is again. Am I making sense here with what I'm saying? Like, Mm, it never crosses Vader's mind. Like, oh, that's a little fucked up that the guy that married my mom, his his, uh, son and... His son's wife or, or who had those droids, and those stormtroopers just took them all out. Like, I'm not saying he would have any emotional connection to him because he was only around them for a day or two, but it still wouldn't just, like, make him go, huh, it's fucking weird. Always with this Tatooine place.
2: Maybe he didn't want to know. Maybe he didn't get the sit reps because he didn't want to know.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe.
2: He only wants results.
0: <clears throat> all right, Joe. We got an email from our buddy King Tom. All right. You ready? I am. What's up, Blue Harvest gang? A few items inspired by last week's awesome episode of Blue Harvest. Have to admit that I'm the generation that believes that best Star Wars video games came out in the mid to late 90s. The X-Wing slash TIE Fighter series and Rebellion games took up way too much of my time when I should have been out getting laid. I I do enjoy the current crop of games, but I have one small issue. Video gaming. One small issue. Video games shouldn't be canon. Will mention that most of these games these days are trying to be like God of War or open world games, which would be awesome for a Star Wars game, but you can't have a game like that with a jacked up main character or a map that you can go to any location at any time and have it as canon. Otherwise, you'd have my buddy Joe using Kia D to take down the <laughs> Sith. There's no way that dickhead would ever save the galaxy. So well, before we get to the next one, We'll we'll uh, cover this first. I see what he's mean meaning like th- the Force Awakens or not? Sorry, not the Force Awakens. The Force Unleashed are games I really enjoy. I did. They shouldn't be canon. No, they shouldn't be because and they're not. Because you should not have that character. That character, Starkiller is more powerful than any character you've ever seen in a fucking Star Wars movie, yeah, show anything. And like, if there's characters that in canon that powerful out there, then what the fuck? You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, what's Darth Vader doing with his time?
0: I think it's better as a case-by-case basis. Like, for instance, you know, this rumored Han Solo adventure game that we're getting in 2018. If that does turn out to be a Han Solo, a young Han Solo adventure, I could see that being canon. You know, if it takes place... It'll probably take place before the movie. I can't see it taking place after the movie, only because... If it takes place after the movie, I think that could potentially step on the toes of any sequel to the Han Solo spinoff movie that they may do if it's successful.
2: I'm still, I'm still of you know the mind that they shouldn't be canon. Video games shouldn't be canon. You just you're gonna you're gonna box yourself in too yeah. quick.
1: Well, not not only that, but you got to think about you know you have two uh, a, an entire population of star wars fans what percentage of that population plays video games you know you're i feel like you're doing a disservice to non-video non-video game players if you introduce all this new canon that they just won't be exposed to
2: and i mean just like just imagine all the opportunity like an open sandbox game another republic commando squad based game a, a racing game. Give me a... You know, like, let me race speeders through Coruscant or I feel on Tatooine like, or shit. Like.
0: I feel like making a game not canon opens up the possibilities of what you can do in that game yeah, that's what in I'm a saying. positive light. Right. But I, if you take it on a case-by-case basis and if it fits well into the canon, I, mean, I can you want, see, you know... Let's
2: say you want to put canon games in there. That's fine. You know, but...
0: But it, Joe brings up a good point. That's the one sort of downside to, say, a book like Bloodline... Or some of the comics Like the hardcore will read those And they'll love them and they'll digest them and, and that that information will then You know be added into their fucking Star Wars data bank to help them with Theories or, or better understanding Of what's going on in the games But the main public Like if if that If Bloodline was read By everybody that went to see The Force Awakens It would probably be the fucking Best selling book of all time or some shit You know right. what I mean? And that's just not the case. So I also feel like that's why we're not really ever going to get huge revelations in these books and stuff just because they want to save that for the stuff everybody's going to consume. You know, so that also makes sense to me. Here he goes with his second item. Johnny Grosso is awesome, but he's wrong about whether Kylo can be redeemed. Sure, the force is about being good and forgiveness and yada, yada, yada. But the guy killed Han Solo. There's no combination of characters Kylo could save in Episode Eight and Nine to make up for, make up to fans for killing his father. Each time I want to try and see things Johnny way, I think of the way Han of how Han was trusting and approached his son with open arms, only to be stabbed through the chest. I I agree with you, King Tom. In my mind, as much as I love Han Solo. Fuck you, Kylo, you little bitch. (laughs) Fuck you, son. You gotta die. But it's... Unfortunately, it's also... He does have to die. Either way you slice it, the kid's gotta die. I'm gonna say this now, and I'm telling you both this knowing I will backpedal faster than you've ever seen someone backpedal (laughs) if this happens. I don't know that I'm interested in another trilogy where it's a redeemed Kylo being the good guy.
2: Dude, I, I might clock out of that one too
0: i i I say that now but you know a few years down the the road when they're like episode 10's coming and kylo and ray are the two main heroes and you know me i'll be on here like oh welcome to episode 300 of blue harvest we got a new star wars coming
2: (laughs) (laughs) and I no i said i wouldn't watch it but i'm gonna
0: watch it oh i'm so excited no i probably won't even acknowledge that i never said that Uh, No. And people will be going, oh, I went back to episode fifty-two, Joe's first appearance, and you said, um, "What do you think, Joe? What's your feelings on the redemption or possible redemption of one Mister Kylo Ren?"
1: Yeah, I'm with uh, both you and King Tom. I just, I don't think that it's not a matter of uh, he's not redeemable. I just hope that he isn't redeemed. Um, and and if I had to hedge my bets, I would say he's not redeemable. Uh, there's just, it, just the way there's a certain look after um, Han falls over uh, the the railing, and um, they, they, it zooms in on Kylo Ren, and he takes just a very quick deep breath, and his eyes kind of light up, and I feel like in that moment he fully feels the dark side, having killed having just killed his dad. And and he can't, he he's just not going to come back from that. I, I think yeah. it it, it, it ra- enraptures him.
2: I agree
0: completely. Yeah, I think that's the moment when he fully embraces the dark side. Now, I, I mean, it leaves you in a weird position though. If if Rey is not a Skywalker, be it a, dis, a, a direct descendant of Luke or you know a descendant through Han and Leia, her being a Han and Leia's kid seems. Nigh impossible to me right now. I just don't see how that could be their kid and they don't know it. Now, you could say they do know it, but Han, if she is, I'm saying it right now, if she is their kid, Han doesn't know. Because there's no way Han would let her get captured on Taco Donna and would just be like, uh, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No way in hell. Um, so if it's just if you kill Kylo and you end the Skywalker line, then where do you go? In a possible episode ten, eleven, twelve, maybe you move away from the Skywalker line. Maybe the new line you follow is whatever line continues through Ray, and I, that well, would be maybe, okay. It would be okay, maybe, but it's not what I would. Maybe to
1: say. Kylo himself has offspring, and that carries the uh, the Skywalker line forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now that would be weird. Not that it would be weird, but like the one that would be weird to me if, is if Ray has a kid with Kylo. I don't know that I'm interested in seeing that f- sort of fucking Ew. twilighty story. You know what I'm saying? We're like, Ew. ooh, I like bad boys. You know? No, man.
2: No, Kylo was messing around with some Captain Phasma kind of chick. Some oh lady. If pilot. Kylo and <laughs>
0: Kylo and Phasma had a kid, yeah. and that's the next Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, I like that. He climbed that tall lady like a tree. Yeah. Like an ant, <laughs> he was not intimidated. Let me get up that- in them limbs. All right, and his last point. Finally, and this isn't really a Star Wars related, but I'm a huge Lost fan here too. I love 95% of the show, even the ending, and it's awesome to hear some intelligent Lost discussion mixed in with great Star Wars podcasting. Keep it up, your pal King Tom. Man, I love me some Lost. You know, that's the one thing, like, <clears throat> if we had started podcasting way earlier, I would have wanted to do a weekly Lost recap and discussion. i miss that shit yeah i miss finishing an episode of lost and then being like all right we got to talk about this and then we would oh we would
1: what about you joe were you ever big into lost i started watching the dvds um around season three or four uh well you know i started with season one but Mm -hmm. it was during season three or four and um it was, it was captivating. Like I could not, I, I just plowed through discs at a time and then around season five, uh, by the time I got caught up, it was season five and there was just, it was just so complicated. Like I, I couldn't, there were so many new characters being introduced <laughs> and the whole going back and forth, you In know, thing. yeah, it, it. At a certain point, the value I got out of it, trying to figure things out, just it wasn't worth it anymore. Right. But I did, you know, I did watch it, um, I'd say the last half of uh, the final season. And I, I, I did enjoy uh, the concept of of um, the, the very end, you know, that yeah. very ending scene. So, you know, I, I do I do. I did like it, but I'm not super hardcore into it.
0: You know how uh, you were talking about how you cried at The Force Awakens, which, by the way, I ain't trying to fucking dog on you because to this day, there are certain parts. Like, I don't, it's not as bad as the first night I watched it. The first night I watched it, I was a wreck. I'm not too proud to say I was an emotional wreck at certain points. But there's something about that fucking Force theme. You know, the theme you hear when Luke is looking at the twin sons of Tatooine. Mm -hmm. I hear that and I tear up a little bit, like just the tiniest bit. And so anytime they play that movie, they know exactly when to put that shit into. Like when Ray grabs the saber and it plays that, like just talking about it right now, I'm getting goosebumps, goosebumps. you know, but you want to see me ball. You want to see me fucking torn down and just destroyed. Watch the last episode of lost with me. Oh, my God.
1: I love that scene at the very end where uh, Jack approaches the coffin and as soon as he touches it, like his dad appears and they have some kind of a conversation. And then they all, you know, the main characters all sit down in the church and then it kind of fades to white, if I recall correctly. And
0: then the scene with Jack and I can't talk. I'm not going to cry on this podcast. Today is not the day. The scene with Jack and his and, and Vincent. Like, when Jack is all fucked. Look, guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, what the fuck? You're spoiling the last episode of Lost. You've had almost (laughs) ten fucking years, my friends. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that scene where Jack is is going down to lay down in the jungle and die, and Vincent comes up and, oh, I can't can't do it. And that music, the Lost Michael Giacchino music, my boy, Michael Giacchino.
1: Woo. Right. It's getting me hot in the head. one final thing, I believe, you know, I was watching the uh, I love DVD extras and I emailed you about this. Uh, the, the one thing I didn't like about the, the Force Awakens Blu-ray is that there was no commentary. Yeah. So, you know, season six, I was watching as many of the special editions or, you know, um, uh, this the extras on the DVDs as I could. And it turns out that that monster on the island was Cripple Ghost.
0: He got you, Will. Oh, that was good. All right. So, once again, I mean, this is is basically going to be us and Joe talking emails and just having a good time this episode because we got two more. And once again, we got another new emailer, man. I'm digging this.
2: Damn. Thank
0: you guys. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, This is from our buddy John Albertson. John Albertson. Uh, Pauls and Wills. I pluralized Will on accident. Because there are up. several of us. <clears throat> he is the all-knowing Will. What's <laughs> up, you guys? I was just watching The Empire Strikes Back for the millionth time. I had some thoughts and have always been in my head. I just wanted to write them down and see what your thoughts were. So let's just take these. He's got three here. And we'll uh, sort of uh, address them one by one. How's that sound? Sounds great. When Han, Chewie, and Leia have just escaped Hoth, They evade three Star Destroyers and are being pursued by four TIE Fighters. On top of that, the hyperdrive isn't working. Why does Leia wait until the Millennium Falcon has been hit by not one, but two asteroids before telling Han to come back to the controls? You know that ship can't let them escape with the hyperdrive down. It would be really difficult if they ended up with a hull breach. Then Vader would have had them that much sooner. So...
2: My initial reaction is that I maybe she just thought the deflector shields were holding it was bumpy, but it hadn't hit the hole,
0: yeah. And and, you know, I think maybe she's trying to give Han enough time to really work on the hyperdrive and hope that he can get it working. And like, right, she's just like trying to give him enough time, you know what I'm saying? Um, just a pothole. Hold on one second, go okay.
1: All right. So honestly, I uh, I just had this thought. It's an interesting thought. Maybe Leia was just being spiteful to get back at Han for all the uh, sarcasm he threw her way. Yeah, I like that. So, oh, m- well, maybe we don't. He doesn't deserve to, to to live, even if that means me dying. You know. So I
2: like that.
0: I like the idea of her being like, oh, you want to call me a fucking committee then? I'm going to let a couple asteroids hit your precious fucking Millennium Falcon. I
2: don't even have to grab my Louisville
0: Slugger. Maybe I should get out the
2: push. That'll help.
0: <clears throat> All right, here's a second. When Luke is on Dagobah and Yoda has just shown up, Luke is eating his dinner. When Yoda picks it up and starts to mess with Luke, it's, it. Luke starts shouting at him. He then picks up his box of food and looks through it. The box always looked like it had several different candy bars in it to me. (laughs) I don't know why. Even as a kid, that box of fucking rations or provisions fascinated me. Because I always, like, that thing Luke is eating, like, when I I was a kid, I was like, that's a giant Slim Jim. (laughs) Luke Skywalker's eating a big old Slim Jim. It looked
2: like a round Butterfinger. They they It looked like a cylindrical Butterfinger. I don't know.
0: I mean, or a carrot, something. I think that speaks a lot to the two of us, like... You see what I'm saying? Like I thought it was a Slim Jim. You thought it was candy. Yeah. I'd like to do a psychological experiment like, what did you think that food was? Did you think it was like me? I thought it was Slim Jims because I okay the soup. Did Slim what did you Jims. think
2: that soup was that Yoda served him up?
0: Fucking Denty Moore beef stew. It looked like oatmeal. <laughs> it looked like oatmeal. Oh really? Or like
2: cream of wheat or something like? Ah,
0: root leaf stew. You mean? Yeah. Um, th- another interesting f- like. I know this isn't said to be a food item, um, but I want people to to keep an eye out of this. One time, Will and I went to see The Force Awakens. It was probably like our seventh time or some shit going to see it, and it was just the two of us. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And uh, towards the end of the movie, when the Resistance is getting ready to go attack Star Killer Base, you see Nien Numb like getting his X wing ready, and he grabs this little box. Of things and put us under his arm, and both of us looked at each other at the same time and were like, That's a box of crackers. Snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Neon Numb was getting his fucking snacks. Neon Numb does not go into a mission without a box he's of snacks. He's hypoglycemic, dude. He needs, to, <laughs> he needs to take care of his blood sugar when he's flying around in space. That, that's like, you know, so Luke's box of food, it looked like just random stuff. I'm like, sure there are different
2: flavor rations. You know, I'm sure it's, it's all protein based. And right,
0: right but and then like you know uh the other star wars food we see like what i like about that scene is that luke's
2: such an asshole that he throws away the one yoda ate off of.
1: yes i was just gonna bring that up he (laughs) he can't even uh, tear off the small he
0: just smells it and tosses it he
1: just yeah (laughs) Mm.
0: like that's fucked up luke why are you going to be mean to How this little guy? How dare you not eat after the great grandmaster? I mean, know? he doesn't know it, know it at that time, but that's even more important. Like, you shouldn't be such a dick to this little guy. Yeah. This little old green
2: alien. And that's on. And that's what Joe was kind of talking about. In The Return of the Jedi, you see all
0: that's gone. Yeah. Like, the maturity yeah.
2: and the compassion and all, you know.
0: Man, yeah, that's such a dick move. I I, I didn't even think <laughs> about it. He smells it and then just tosses yeah. it aside. Um. All right, here's his uh, third point. So Yoda tells Luke that once you start down the dark path forever, will it dominate your destiny? I would definitely count deception as a dark sideish trait. Both Yoda and Obi-Wan continuously deceive Luke. They don't tell him what happened to his father. They continue to train him so that he will one day face and defeat Darth Vader and the Emperor. They cover their asses by saying all of this was done from a certain point of view. I know that they are doing it for the greater good, but come on, principles are principles. The agents of evil, on the other hand, were very forthright and honest with Luke. Darth Vader not only told Luke who he really was, but what his intentions really were, that he wanted to overthrow the Emperor with Luke by his side. This being said, I want to make it very clear. The Empire Strikes Back is my absolute favorite movie of the franchise. These are just things that I think about sometimes. Sorry to keep rambling on. Keep rocking out on this podcast. It and Rogue One are my favorite podcasts to listen to. And will keep watching those Blu-rays that Halls gave you. I have faith that you will one day be able to defeat him in Star Wars trivia. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag Team Will. Hashtag Team Will. Um. So, you know that is kind of fucked up. Um, the whole deceiving Luke thing. And you know, and I
2: I understand it though. I was about to say I'm going to defend it because. In it's the war for the rest of the galaxy. Because if yeah. you don't train this Skywalker to be a Jedi and mm-hmm. defeat Darth Vader and the Emperor, the galaxy is going to fall into darkness for maybe another 10,000 years.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, Take a look at it from this perspective, though. What would have happened if Yoda and uh, Obi-Wan, while Luke was on Dagobah, did come forward with that? Would he still go after uh, Vader at Bespin or would he stay and train?
2: Or would he flip to the dark side like Kylo Ren did when he found out that his grandfather was Darth Vader?
0: I mean, look, I think he probably, his love for his friends, I think still would have made him leave Dagobah. You know, I think no matter what, his feelings for Han and and Luke and or for Han and Leia and Chewie and, and stuff would have still made him want to go save them um would he have gone about it a different way maybe if he had known
2: that Vader was his dad once he's armed with that knowledge once and he actually confronts Vader he yields to him like yeah. he yields himself to be defeated and that is what saves him through Darth Vader's love but if he had done oh, yeah. that on Bespin he might just be headless like
0: or he might have been frozen in carbonite and taken to the emperor and, and broken and turned into the dark side right um it's just I do think it's kind of fucked up that, like, when Luke is leaving for Bespin, like Obi Wan's like he's our last hope, and Yoda's like, nah, if he dies, we got that Leia chick. We'll just get her and train her. You know what I'm saying? There is a bit of almost expendableness to their I, attitude. I don't
2: see it that way. I see it as Yope trying, Yoda trying to sow hope no matter what. Like, yeah,
0: I mean, I know that is there is at, is at is least another point. like, but it's just, I think. They had good intentions with keeping that information from him, and it actually sort of mirrors what's going on in Bloodline with Han and Leia and Luke not telling Kylo about, uh, you know, his granddad being Vader. Right. So, clearly, it didn't upset Luke enough to where he was like, no, nah, we shouldn't do that. We should tell him, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's also... Not to get too behind the curtain with it. It's also story. Like, right. you keep that a secret so you can reveal that. And then you can have some conflict between Luke and Obi-Wan and Yoda. Where he's like, why didn't you tell me? Like, you know? Um, so, it's an interesting discussion point. It's just... Because you weren't ready. Yeah. Is yeah it, that is the question. Or that is pretty much the answer. Luke was not ready for that information. He
2: wasn't. He was ready for it when he got it. How much do you think. Probably still wasn't even ready then.
0: How much do you think, or do you get the feeling that the galaxy at, at, at large knows about Darth Vader? Like, did Luke, growing up on Tatooine, know the name Darth Vader? Did he know that the Emperor had this sort of right-hand man, his enforcer? He doesn't
2: seem like it when Obi-Wan's explaining it to he him. He doesn't,
0: does he? So, you know.
2: I if, don't. And I, I imagine at that point in Vader's career, you don't leave. Dead men tell no tales. Like, right, you don't leave survivors to tell stories. Anyone that's got a go ahead.
1: I was going to say I also think that's that was by design by the emperor because he himself wouldn't want you know the galaxy to know that he was Sith. Right. And because if they did, he would. They would find. Hypothetically, they could find out about Vader.
0: So. Right, and they would also think it was a little fucked up for like if the galaxy found out that Palpatine was a Sith, they'd be like, oh. So, does that have anything to do with why you wanted to get rid of the Jedi? Right. (laughs) You know?
2: And, I mean, Vader already gets made fun of for his old sorcerous ways. Like, you know.
0: Yeah. um, By by all those dicks at that table. Palpatine wouldn't want the same scrutiny. Yeah. That's a good point. All right. We got one last question to cover here, guys. Hit me. So, our last question is from our good buddy, Evan. He says, hello, my friends. First off, thanks so much for welcoming me into the Blue Harvest family and allowing me to be a guest. I had such a blast, and I appreciate all the love I got because of it. Thanks, It's all thanks to you guys. Now on to my question. Do you think it's fair to say our opinion on The Force Awakens isn't concrete and can still change relatively largely based on how 8 and 9 play out?
2: Oh, absolutely. I feel like oh, the yeah. addition
0: of a lot more narrative flesh in the next movies will make the way we see... The Force Awakens post episode nine extremely different. What do you guys think, Evan?
2: I absolutely completely yeah. agree. And not only is your opinion of episode seven gonna change after eight, it's gonna be completely after different after eight like it is completely different after nine. Like Yeah.
0: We're not gonna have a concrete feeling on this trilogy until the last one comes out. Right. And, well,
1: and it goes it goes back to, you know, we we had an opinion of episode four. Mm-hmm. That was drastically changed after we find, found out that Vader is Luke's father. Exactly. You know, which we didn't know until Episode 5.
0: And then, you know, uh, it, it it further changes in Episode 6 when you find out that Leia is also one of Vader's kids and Luke's sister, you know? So if you think about it in terms of the other two trilogies, I think it's only natural that our feelings on the information we're given and what we're shown in The Force Awakens is going to change probably pretty drastically um especially once you know race parentage you know gets explained once uh, more about luke gets explained you know we don't really know what luke's going to be like in episode 8 is he going to be the luke skywalker we saw in return of the jedi just 30 years older i don't think so i think that's a character you got to change a little bit you know yeah. like i think Making Han still a smuggler, even though he went to, you know, a j- legitimate life and then went back to being a smuggler. I think that's what you got to do for Han. Like, I think if Han showed up in Episode 7 and was like, a re- you know, a resistance general and was like following the military code to a T and was like, you know, a completely different character. You wouldn't recognize him. He would be unrecognizable and unrelatable to what you fell in love with. Um, I think Luke is always going to be a hero. Like I'm not saying they're going to make Luke bad, but what if Luke's a little Yoda on Dagobah style crazy when we catch up with him? Right, because he's been alone for so long. Yeah. What if, you know, there's all kinds of what-ifs we could go on. I think um, what I really hope and wonder is if anything in these next two movies will change our opinions of any of the previous two trilogies. You know what I'm saying? Is there any information we're going to have that makes us look at the original trilogy in a different light? Probably not because it's probably going to be fairly self-contained to its own sort of three movie, you know, three act structure that's sort of self-contained in its own trilogy. Um, But it'd be interesting if there were some things or something in there that made us look at the previous movies in a different light. Uh, Another good example to me of how we looked at something differently is in episode one, we hear that, uh, you know, Anakin doesn't have a father. And then in episode three, it's, you know, uh, Palpatine sort of insinuates that Darth Plagueis created Anakin, right? Like, he says he was so powerful in the force that he could influence the midichlorians to create create life. life. And then he gives, like, Anakin that weird sideways look, like, huh? Huh? So, um... You know, that's a question. You know, there was always a question I had, and I thought about this today, actually, about Anakin and the whole um, immaculate conception, no father type thing. My question is, do you think Anakin knew that he didn't have a father?
2: I would have to think that he did. I mean, he has no recollection of his father. Either Shmi told him, or, you know, he just knows he
0: didn't have one. Like, around. Because he never addresses it himself in the movies. No. Um, and you would think at some point Anakin would be like, yo, who's my dad? He never used, <laughs> you know,
2: he's, he's whiny enough and complainy enough that he would use that against you. What I'm
0: conceived of the living force. Like. Well, also, <laughs> but, you know, does, so, does the Jedi Council tell Anakin that they think he might be the chosen one? Or do they keep that to themselves? I don't know. Because you never hear him say, oh, I'm the chosen one. You know, or do you ever
1: hear someone tell him? Oh, well, yeah, Obi-Wan, um, after he slashes him at the end of episode right. three.
2: But he they talk about that even earlier in Rebel, not Rebels, um, the Clone Wars. There, you remember the episode where he encounters that force being? Who oh, has, the
0: Mortis arc.
2: They of talk course. about him yeah. being the chosen one in that thing.
0: They do. Okay, so... If he knows the prophecy of the Chosen One, which seems like it's a fairly well-known prophecy in the Jedi Order, then he probably – that's just something I wondered. Do you think Luke knows that he was – that he didn't have a father? That's going to have to depend on how much Jedi knowledge
2: he's able to assemble in the time between.
0: Right? Because, like, that's something I was just wondering today. Does Luke know that he doesn't have a grandfather on his father's side? And then if that's the case, does he know that Plagueis – possibly created anakin you know it's weird i doubt that i doubt that Seriously. too because that doesn't seem exactly like i doubt something that it would be written down i or, doubt that uh, even anakin would record. claim that yeah well i mean after after episode three definitely not because after episode three he views himself as darth vader and no longer as anakin skywalker right. you know it's just a, one of those things that I don't even know if they uh, addressed in the books like what Luke knows about Anakin's past. He, you know, he does know some things in some of the older expanded universe stuff that's not considered canon anymore. And they sort of touch on what Leia knows about Anakin and Padme in Bloodlines. So that's just one of those things that we know about Anakin that's kind of weird and probably really won't be addressed any further because of how weird it is, you know? It's just, I would wonder what Luke's reaction would be to that. Would he try to study and figure out how that was possible? I don't know.
1: I I think it's like uh, uh, early on in Empire when Leia kisses Luke. I think it's something that no one in the Star Wars uh, creative team wants to ever address again. Right, right. You know what's fucked
0: up is, if you think about it, they definitely knew that Leia was his sister at that point in Empire. Because they set up that whole there is another thing. you know. So they definitely knew when they were like, we should have Han and L- or, or Leia kiss Luke, they were like, we should have this sister kiss her brother. They <laughs> knew that at that point. It's a little fucked up. Maybe some people did. Oh, for sure. I mean, for sure, George Lucas knew. Yeah. I'm sure Irvin Kirshner knew.
2: I don't think any of the actors knew.
0: Mm, probably not. You're probably right Mark about Hamill that. didn't know that till right before they shot it. Well, he definitely didn't know that Vader was his father. That's what I meant. Yeah, before, right. I mean, like, having Leia kiss him. Oh, right. So, they probably did keep that a, a secret from the actors. Well, <coughs> I think that's going to about do it for us this week, guys. I want to thank everybody that wrote in. Yeah, absolutely. And gave us some nice discussion points. I around. love emails. I love write-ins. Um, so, before we go, I should give out our information. If you want to like us on Facebook, you can. At facebook.com slash podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Blue Harvest Pod, and you can email us at Blue Harvest podcast at gmail.com. Joe, where can our good listeners find you if they want to communicate with you? Tell you what a good job you did on the show this week.
1: That uh, uh, You can find me on Twitter at Va Beach Rep. That it stands for Virginia Beach Represent. It doesn't mean Va Beach Republican, which I've gotten sometimes. Um, <laughs> but no VA Beach Rep.
0: Right on. And uh, Joe is always down for a little Star Wars discussion, or, what I like, a little bit of going back and forth with some Buffy lines. I like that. Yep. Um, Maybe next time we have you on, uh, Joe, we'll really have to deep dive some Buffy, because I've been looking to do that.
1: Uh, I I was thinking of that. We definitely have to do it. I haven't. I admit I haven't seen any episodes in years, but uh, certain lines do stand out. So I need to study it a bit more.
2: You should have Steve and uh, Miss Bone, yeah. and Joe on do a uh, Buffy podcast.
0: Yeah, that, I mean,
2: and Joshy <laughs> Joshy Pants. They
0: all love some Buffy. That's who got, Josh is. Who got me into Buffy? Yeah, me too. Before I got into Buffy, I was like, mm, I don't think I'm gonna mm, like that. Pass. And then I started watching it, and after the first season, I was like. Mm, I, don't, I still don't know if I like this. But then it gets really good. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Will, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at WillWitten3. We want to thank Stone Cobra for our theme song. They've got a new album out, uh, Armed and Hammered, which is now available on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Bandcamp. Get you some. You can find them at www.stonedcobra.com. And... Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's it for this week. Thanks so much for coming on, Joe. We had a really good time with you, buddy.
1: Uh, oh, guys, it, it was, the pleasure is all on this side of the room. Thank you so much for
0: having me. No, absolutely. Well, man, uh, we look forward to having you on again, and welcome to the Blue Harvest Extended Family. This is a dysfunctional Blue Harvest. I don't know. <laughs> not all that dysfunctional.
2: We're pretty functional.
0: <clears throat> well, anyway, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Hal's Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten.
1: And I'm Joe.
0: May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you.
1: May the Force be with us.